I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Lino, 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 gol, 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 Hello everyone and welcome to La Liga Lowdown. It's our match day 30 recap. I'm your host Matt Clark. Delighted to be joined by Paco Pollet. Paco, Valencia have finally won a game. How does it feel? Um, quite. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have the word. You know, <laughs> I had already forgotten the feeling of uh, Valencia winning a game, especially a game on the road. Um, I believe it's been quite a few months. From from that, uh, I think it was before the World Cup, possibly uh, back in November, the last win by by Valencia. So, yeah, pretty amazing, you know. Especially uh, for the five thousand fans, which uh, you know traveled over to Martinez Valero, which is Elche's around uh, two hours south of of Valencia, if you travel by car. And uh, I think it was you know amazing the way the the support was massive. Uh, throughout the the morning and uh, yeah everything was was uh, perfect for Valencia because they did win and most of the of the rest of the um, you know the relegation contenders uh, tripped throughout the the weekend even though Sevilla were able to win their game and and others but you know the fight is on and and this win is is huge and massive for Valencia which had a, a match point and they were able to save it. Yeah, it felt like a must-win, and the amount of fans travelling, the support they gave, it felt like a home game in some senses before the match. The footage we saw of the, the buses arriving, and yeah, a massive win on the road. Elche, as we know, just a case of when they're going to go down. That's yeah. five defeats on the spin for them. You definitely you, you understand why they are that, uh, you know, uh, effed up, you know. that <laughs> Because everything, in, in, in Elche's case, everything they do turns... On the negative side, uh, as soon as they, you know, uh, stop paying attention because mm. they, they scored an on goal. Um, Valencia's opener was, you know, the, the, the yeah the, the ABC of football. You know, long ball by the keeper, uh, the number nine uh, touching the ball with with his head, and and you know the number ten or in this case Samulino scoring the 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 second chance is possibly the easiest and the oldest play in the playbook. And Elche conceded that. So you understand, you definitely understand how they have lost so many games and how they are in such a bleak spot. 
Indeed. Well, we'll talk more about Valencia's hopes for survival later in the show because we'll talk about the relegation candidates there. But in part one, I want to focus on the European battle because it was a really exciting weekend. We've just seen Sevilla win in the last minute against Villarreal. So let's go straight there. What an impact Mendel Ibar's had. We saw the miraculous game against Manchester United on Thursday. And this was not quite the same, but by the by the final whistle, it was almost as loud. An incredible win. They scored early. Villarreal hit back in the second half, but then end Naziri in the 94th minute, was it? With a header to yeah. put the Ramon Sanchez Pizuan on their feet. What a job Mendel Ibar's done there. Eight points clear of the drop zone. They're only three points off. Eight now. What what a job he's done, Paco. Yeah, I think that the, the texture textbook example of uh, the the two words immediate impact can be attributed to to Mendilibar because ultimately since he uh, was brought in I think it's 10 out of 12 you know three wins one draw in the last four games for Sevilla as you said now there are things are looking much better much brighter for them in the in the fight to avoid the drop and uh, with 38 points I think they are only you know one one win away from from earning their their salvation so in that sense job done and if you you know you consider the fact that Manchester United seemed an impossible task only three weeks ago and suddenly they were able to knock them out of the of the UEFA Europa League they are facing Juventus in a few days um, and that's obviously at this point 100% their, their main goal so in that sense uh, the, the Europa League has become the, the priority but in, in, in some sense it's the icing on the cake because Mendilibar was was brought in because of the of the situation that Sevilla were facing in in La Liga and and they have done so in in spectacular fashion the game against Villarreal I think it was a game with several different stages uh, Sevilla dominating at the beginning scoring the first by Rafa Mir later uh, Villarreal looked much better they had more rest uh, you know in their in their physiques and they their stamina was was a bit better than than Sevilla's because they had the effort of uh, what they did last Thursday against uh, Manchester United. But, you know, in the second half, uh, the chances were similar to a coin toss. Actually, if you see the stats of the game, it was very, very leveled. So, ultimately, a set-piece uh, was the the crucial play of the game with Rakitic, who is, you know, he might be 50 <laughs> at some point, and he will still be crucial for Sevilla because only maybe because of the way he, he takes the set-pieces. And, and that's, you know a big advantage for any team in this sort of context in La Liga, having this sort of specialist being able to, you know, take the set piece and send the ball straight into Enesidis' head to, to head home. I think it's a big, big advantage. So overall, I think Mendilibar has uh, earned the chance to coach Sevilla next season. And who knows, he might do so uh, with a European championship under his belt. Just imagine. Incredible. And and like we said, his job was to keep them up. And that lineup that he put out at Old Trafford, we were all thinking that's very strange. Yeah. When they were two down in, what, 15 minutes, we thought this is going to go very wrong. But from then on, incredible turnaround to win 5-2 on aggregate. And yeah, a glorious night. The Sanchez is one. Surely they're safe now. Uh, their Seville City opponents, Betis, they kicked off the weekend pretty much heading to Pamplona, facing a side who knocked them out of the Copa del Rey, remember, of course. And... Um, they themselves found themselves 2-0 down very early on against Osasuna. And a, a dramatic game uh, on Saturday lunchtime. Ante Budimir twice uh, putting Osasuna 2-0 up. Betis got back in it. Then Osasuna went 3-1 up before the break. But then Betis fought back to 3-2. You thought they might be able to bring it all the way back, but not to be. But um, yeah, Paco, a missed opportunity for Betis and another great result for Osasuna. 
Yeah, I think that Betis are botching most of their chances of squeezing into fourth place because it seems nobody really wants that position in the standings. And and this game against Osasuna, once again, they were overrun by the home side with those opening 15-20 games, which is more or less, I would say, a trademark for, for Los Rojillos. Uh, once again, Ante Budimir, uh, you know, he seems to be that sort of striker who finds it very difficult for um, to score against many sides but seems to have some sort of advantages against others. And, and Betis really didn't know how to stop him in, in the first 15 minutes. And when when they, you know, closed their eyes and opened and again, they were 2-0 down and it was going to be, you know, a, a very difficult task to them to, to overtake. Uh, they improved later with that Miranda score, uh, trying to narrow the gap. Uh, Moncayola scored before the, the, the halftime and later in the second half. Betis tried because ultimately they had 21 shots. Six mm. on target only. They tried. The attempts were there, but not really with the the most, you know, the highest level of danger. Uh, so Guido Rodriguez's goal at the end of the game with 20 minutes to go really didn't matter because Osasuna had already the the three points on the inside the back. So yeah, I think Osasuna are are doing their homework perfectly because obviously their season is hinging on on the Copa del Rey final, which by the way this this week earlier this week found uh, you know all of the tickets being. Um, sorted out between the different fan bases and Real Madrid and Osasuna and uh, I think they they had a, a great uh, move with their own fan base by securing tickets for all of their socios, you know, mm. with their season pass uh, holders, which is quite amazing and at the same time you know, uh, very gentlemanly from them, you know, very classy by Osasuna, which is a classy club uh, overall so yeah, they're, they're keeping their the squad on their feet most of the time, trying to get them in the tiptoeing, you know, uh, very focused in, in every single game because they know that the best way to prepare that final against Real Madrid is uh, focusing in every single game in La Liga. And also, if you see the the standings, they are not totally out of the of the uh, European race, even though they stumbled quite a lot a couple of months ago. Ultimately, they are six points away from Villarreal, which is Conference League spot. So. Even though Athletic Club managed to squeeze in the middle because their current run away f- uh, from home has been amazing for for Athletic, I think Osasuna, if they have, you know, if they secure their games at home, four of them pending, and they pick up those twelve points, we're talking about a team with fifty three, fifty four, fifty five. They might have a shot of running for a European spot next season. Indeed, and should they win a Copa del Rey, they'll have it either way. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about Ezabde because he was impressive again, especially in the first half. Uh, can he have an impact in the Copa del Rey final and potentially at Cam now next season on loan from Barca, of course? Xavi has spoken about him already. Do you think he can play a part in Xavi's side next year? Well, I think he's definitely one of the highlights of uh, Osasuna's uh, performance overall this this year. I think that uh, loaning him this this season was a, a great move on Barca's uh, behalf. I think that maybe in some games, actually, Xavi uh, would have thanked having Abde in his squad to to play him. But ultimately, he's enjoying much a, a much more you know, a much higher level of, of minutes and quantity of minutes than, than he would in, in Camp Barca. So ultimately, I think it was a successful move on, on, on every front for the player, for the loaning team and also for Sasuna. And yeah, as you said, I think that he can generate quite a lot of danger and problems to Real Madrid. 
um, in that Copa del Rey final, even though I'm 100% sure that Ancelotti and his staff will uh, do their homework and have the scouting on point to try to stop him. But at this point, he's quick, he's speedy, he's resourceful, he's fearless most of the time. He takes on absolutely every defender who who tries to stop him. And, and you know, for such a young player, most of the time, the dynamics and uh, the level of confidence that he brings into the table in a specific game is all of, of it. You know, he might be very very uh, talented and, and, and have a lot of quality, but if he doesn't have the confidence, it doesn't really matter. But Abde has that. At this point, he he's booming with confidence. And if he sustains that level of, of commitment and of, uh, you know, of hope towards his team, he might be very, very helpful in that Copa del Rey final. Mm, a very exciting prospect. So Osasuna gets past 40 points, which Agoba Arasate always says is their first target. So congratulations to them. As Betis lost then, Real Sociedad had a big chance to open up a gap in fourth spot. They were taking on a Raya Vallecano side off the back of their uh, Basque derby defeat last weekend. And Raya, of course, coached by Andoni Iraola, former athletic legend. Um, this was another intriguing game, Paco. Isi Palazón yeah. opened the scoring in the second half, but Lariel hit back straight away through Alexander Solos, and then the winner came in the final 10 minutes, and uh, Real Arena was absolutely jumping as Real Sociedad moved six points clear of Betis. Yes, and, and it was, you know, um, I didn't expect this sort of game between these two teams. I expected something much more open, you know, much more, uh, with much more flourish and much more... Um, Happiness most of the time, you know, playing the ball around with two teams who really favor that kind of play style. But ultimately, I think it was a bit cagey. It was a very tactical game overall, with most of the stats showing that, you know, ultimately both teams had seven shots uh, overall, only one on target for Real Sociedad, and they scored twice because of that <laughs> Legion own goal in the second half. And the Rayo Vallecano, uh, um, two shots on target, one goal. So ultimately, they were pretty much on point, you know, most of the time, but they didn't have those many chances, both of them. So it was some sort of battle of uh, tactics between uh, Imanol Aguacila and uh, Iraola. Uh, and ultimately, Real Sociedad came on top because of, you know, those tiny details which eventually turned uh, the tide against Rayo Vallecano. Uh, and yeah, as you said, they have been the biggest winner of the weekend, in my view, because... Um, it was massive. If, if you see the, the rest of the European contenders tumbling here and there, both Real Sociedad and Athletic Club took advantage of the of the opposition, you know, lowering their, their level of, of performance. And uh, yeah, as you said, they have gotten that tiny advantage in the race for, for European spots. As you said, Champions League plays fourth, 54 points, six away from Atletico, which isn't really that far, but, you know, Atletico are in form, uh, in the last couple of months, but as you said, two games over Betis with 48 points, that might do the trick. If Real Sociedad are able to, you know, secure the games at home, as I said earlier, is the case with Osasuna, uh, we might be talking once again um, about uh, a Champions League uh, Real Sociedad, which would be amazing for, for their fan base. Mm, over a decade since they last played in the competition. Well, you mentioned Athletic. They won again on the road away at Almeria, which isn't the easiest space to go. Nope. Um, but Ernesto Valverde's side is flying. Another goal from the Williams boys, this time Nico and Oscar de Marcos also on the score sheet. And they are right in the Europa League fight. They're just two points behind Betis and only one behind Villarreal. So 
the form they're in, arguably they're favourites for that Conference League position, no? Yes, especially because they are finding, um, you know, that easiness to win uh, on the road, which is, uh, you know, very strange to find uh, amongst La Liga uh, sides. You know, uh, ultimately, Athletic Club tend to have their most of their strengths with the home games being played in, in uh, La Catedral, in uh, the new Samame Stadium. But uh, they have found, you know, that sort of quality to just go anywhere and and do their thing. And as you said, once again, Nico Williams was the uh, player in charge of scoring the first. And uh, especially, I think that this was a much more feisty game, you know. Even though maybe the teams, in Almeria's case, they are fighting for, you know, to avoid the drop. They are with 30 points, the same as Valencia. They are 17th because of the goal difference, but... Almeria are in dire straits, ultimately. They are fighting for their lives. And you didn't really see that during the game because they tried playing their way, but Athletic Club just outmaneuvered them for most of the game, especially during the first half. And actually, uh, you know, Almeria's goal came only in the 92nd minute, I believe. Tentelles, a former Valencia um, Youth Academy player, uh, he scored for, for the home side, but they really didn't stand the chance against Athletic Club who, as you said, I was checking out their, their current run, uh, they are mighty on, on the road. They, they beat Almeria. They did win against Real Sociedad, the, the Basque derby last week. They beat Espanyol on the road. They uh, beat Valladolid on the road. So since uh, the beginning of March, their form has been quite impressive. And if they continue this, this trail, I think that they are possibly my top choice for that uh, fifth place. Mm, yeah, fantastic run from Athletic Club. That's all we've got time for in part one. But after the break, we'll talk about the remaining five matches that took place this weekend, including the big one at Cam Now between Barca and Atleti. Stay tuned. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to La Liga Lowdown. On the San Jordi, Rory Barlow was in the city of Barcelona. Regrettably, he wasn't at Cam now, but he was there to soak up the atmosphere in the city, and he sent us this earlier today. Rafinha, Rafinha, que va a centrar para Ferran. Ranchen la puede preparar, tira. Gol, 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 gol. Mira. Toma, toma, sí. Ferran, toma, Ferran, 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 Ferran. Welcome to the streets of the Old Town in Barcelona. Just seen Barcelona beat Atletico Madrid 1-0 and probably secure a league title, even though it was already secured. But I think this was a game that assuaged a few doubts about perhaps the final stages of the season. So the Barcelona side that are far from perfect, that they have holes in them, that they do have gaps. But there's one thing that we have to give Xavi credit for, as much as he receives the, the palos, he receives the blows from the media when when Barcelona struggle in Europe. Every time they've been asked questions in these these big games in La Liga since the first Clasico, they've responded, and often without some of their major names. And for that, I think credit has to be given. Rafinha was put in a performance of uh, constant kind of uh, running and aggression that perhaps is maybe, maybe going to go some way to deciding his future at the club. I thought Barcelona attacked very well for 15 to 20 minutes when they had Pedri, De Jong, Busquets, Lewandowski all on the pitch together. I don't think that was a coincidence. And when, they, when De Jong went off, I think you saw the, the impact of that too. So there's a Barcelona performance that wasn't perfect. Atleti got into the Barcelona half pretty easily. They managed to get to the box, but Atleti... It was a highly frustrating performance from their point of view because in that second half they just didn't find Antoine Griezmann. If you don't find Antoine Griezmann, who is Messi-esque for this side right now, then then you do miss out a major part of their their attacking force. And that little bit of post, that little bit of sort of calmness, just to maybe recycle the ball in the Barcelona half once or twice, or perhaps put your foot on it wait for that pass to develop it was never quite there from Atleti from my perspective so it's a game that ultimately won't cause too many problems for Atleti because I think the second half of the season has has, uh, backed up Simeone and the team in general but a highly frustrating game in which they could have made a a real statement and and put a kind of uh, marker down for next season going into that, that kind of summer break but overall Barcelona will be happy with the points I think nobody's under any illusions that the side needs to improve in terms of their kind of academic play, the way that they uh, plan and approach games, and they do make a lot of mistakes, but they need to win the league this season. It looks like they're very much going to, and a win against Atleti at Camp Nou, it's not to be sniffed at, has to be said. And the fact that Petri is back, 
fact that Jiong is back, that's the major news because when they do have everyone fit, this Barcelona side can compete and they can show up in these big games as they did today. Well then, Paco, that win for Barca, one step closer to the title, another 1-0 victory, 23 clean sheets for Marc-Andre Stegen. Aleti had a decent game, but ultimately wasn't enough, was it? Yes, and, and I was very surprised, uh, you know, when the game was was uh, taking place and ultimately um, Ferran Torres was the one in charge of scoring the goal because uh, I think most Barca fans had given up hope with him. And I think it's a pity because I've seen the this guy growing up in, you know, uh, and, and growing and uh, going through the ranks in, in Valencia's academy and Scoring has always been one of his main skills. He found it very, very easy when he was a younger player to, you know, um, get 20, 25, 30 goals at the end of the season, playing in the wing for most of the time or as a second striker. And uh, yeah, this this season, his form in Barca has been pretty appalling most of the time. But sometimes these players appear, you know, from, from the blue and, and really help... Uh, their team to get a clutch win, and I think this one might be the you know the the ultimate blow to to Real Madrid's hopes of Barca stumbling and getting nervous about the the championship. This was you know Barca's really last mm, difficult challenge. Yes, and of course the grass and the sun were in in fine condition today. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was weird. You know, in 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 Elche's game, uh, Edgar Bardia, the the goalkeeper. Also complained about you know both the sun and the scheduling of of those games two o'clock. He might have a point. You know mm. I'm not a fan of 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 really uh, managers complaining because they do handle quite a lot of variables and you know the pitch and the weather conditions are one of them or a couple of them. But if you have a couple of players also complaining on the following days, he might have a point. Yeah, team at the top and team at the bottom, both singing from the same hymn sheet. Yeah. Anyway, as for Real Madrid, they beat Celta 2-0 on Saturday evening. That's four 2-0 wins in a row. Cadiz, Chelsea twice and Celta. They're doing what they need to do to keep Barcelona honest. Uh, Marco Asensio yet again on the score sheet. And Edin Militao again with a header. That's five in La Liga this season for him, uh, which is a real bonus. But uh, Madrid are just kind of doing what they need to do, getting ready for the cup final, getting ready for Manchester City, aren't they? Yeah, it might be, it might sound disrespectful, but Real Madrid are just going through the motions, you know, in 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 these kind of games because they do realize that catching up uh, with Barca is going to be nigh impossible and that the point difference is 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 too big. But they need to put in the work in these kinds of games, you know, because uh, if not, uh, and if they stumble and if they find cracks in their confidence. Manchester City would eventually take advantage of that. So they need to be in tip-top shape before that massive uh, double showdown in the in the Champions League. And that's why uh, they take this game seriously. And as you said, yeah, once again, Militao with the header. Um, he's unstoppable in those kinds of set pieces, you know, coming from behind. He's, he's powerful. He's, you know, he's like a freight train in, in some <laughs> senses. So if you have two choices, you, you, you can put yourself in the line of fire on you can move away and that was that's what most defenders do when Militao comes in with all of his you know momentum and yeah it was a great goal great header by by the defender mm. 
Yes, well, back-to-back defeats for Celta, a little dip for them, but they have Elche next, so fingers crossed they'll get back to winning ways there. Let's look at the relegation battle now, Paco. We've got three more games to cover, and then we'll have a little general chat about that before um, a quick run through the games that are coming up, because Matchday 31 is right around the corner. Yeah. So the, the three games we've got, Mallorca 3, Hetafe 1. Hetafe led at Son Mosh, but uh, Mallorca came from behind to win that one. Via the lead, continued their impressive form under Paolo Petzolano. That's seven points from nine under him now. One nil win over Girona. And Espanyol Cadiz was goalless on Friday night, which, um, as you said off, off air, um, not really a good result for either side. So let's start with uh, Mallorca then. They're pretty much safe now. They've hit the magic 40 points. Canyon Lee was very good in this game, getting a brace. Uh, it was interesting because going into this game, Enezunal and Vedat Murici, the two players who have scored the highest percentage of their team's goals this season, neither of them on the score sheet in this one, though, Paco. Yes, I think that uh, Mallorca might be one of the most fun teams to watch this season just because of their unpredictability, you know. And, and yeah, you have Murici, obviously, as a highlight, but... Um, Kanjin Lee decided that this was going to be one of his highlight games, you know, and uh, he did great. And it doesn't really surprise me because I've seen him for most of his professional career over here in, in Valencia. And I always defended that um, letting him go for the amazing and huge sum of zero euros two seasons <laughs> ago was one of those things which uh, Valencia's management will ultimately take to their grave you know i think it's such a humongous massive mistake but you know leaving valencia side canyon is a great player he has the trouble of being a bit intermittent with his presence um on the pitch if he gained a bit more uh reliability you know a bit more consistency he might be you know a top european club player but he's very young, so he has that time, uh, you know, available to to learn and to become a, a better player. And those two goals were uh, huge for for Mallorca, um, being able to win the game, turning things around during the second half. And remember that, you know, Mallorca haven't had their best 2023, uh, more or less like Kanjili, mm. not very consistent with their results, but this win allowed Mallorca to, you know, reach 40 points, call it a day, they are safe already, and great season so far for Mallorca. And in Getafe's case, we did speak of of this issue before (laughs) uh, recording the show. Um, I definitely recommend any football fan to watch uh, Kike Sanchez Flores' press conference post-match, you know, the the, um, flash interview after the game when he was absolutely heated up he was very angry, and I'm going to try to translate it more or less properly. In the second time, we have been able to choose between bad or good, and we have chosen bad for the rest of the season. He did say that uh, they had the chance to uh, choose uh, between shit or choosing welfare for them, and they did choose shit, you know. <laughs> Hemos tenido la oportunidad de elegir mierda o elegir bien y hemos elegido mierda. That was the, 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 the quote, which is actually what happened. You know, his team had the game in their hands, but suddenly Getafe let the game, you know, slip through their fingers. So, yeah, he was very, very angry and I totally understand him because winning this game for Getafe would have been massive. Even picking up a point in a very, you know, tough... Um, 
ground like uh, some Mosk would have been uh, great for Getafe, who are now 31 points. Uh, two uh, spots over relegation, but only one point away, you know, because Almeria and Valencia have 30. So, uh, and Getafe's run isn't really the greatest. I think they picked up two points out of the last 12. So, yeah, I totally understand Kike Sanchez Flores because I believe, firmly believe that his players didn't obey his orders. Mm. Well, speaking of managers that uh, are in a bit of trouble, how about one that's had a remarkable effect? Petzolano, uh, yeah. another one, a 1-0 win for lead over Girona. Uh, Monchu, of course, was on loan at Girona last season, I think it was, or the year before. He scored in both fixtures between the sides this season, um, scoring the winner in this one. Incredible form. And, and how has he done it, Paco? I don't really know, because ultimately he's just taken advantage of most of the groundwork being laid by um, by Pacheta. And obviously the signings, the winter signings, uh, Larin, for example, um, who has been critical for Valladolid, having chances during the second leg of the, of the competition to really fight for survival. They did find the aggressiveness. Uh, they almost doubled the number of fouls that Girona made, so... I think that Valladolid found their footing when they brought in grittiness and fighting spirit and added that to those, you know, bright spots of quality which their squad have. Yeah, from a Uruguayan coach, those qualities are non-negotiable. Let's yeah. have a quick look at the uh, the race to avoid relegation then. There's only four points between 15th and 19th. Caddy 32, Getafe 31, and then as you say, Almeria Valencia tied on 30, the dotted line in between them, and then Espanyol 28. Um, yeah, worried about Espanyol, Almeria 2. How do you see it, Paco? Well, Espanyol picked up their first points in over a month, but at the same time, it's not enough. You know, it was the opening game of the weekend, and um, both teams were very afraid of losing. Both Espanyol and Cadiz showed that they didn't really have the... I would say the adventurous spirit of going forward and trying to score and trying to win the game. I think that they have quite a few uh, issues in their squads. They are lacking in several areas and, and it showed, you know, nil-nil between Espanyol and Cadiz. More or less expected because, you know, Cadiz winning would have been a massive blow to Espanyol. But finally, Espanyol were able to both pick up a point and leave a clean sheet. You mm. know? And, and getting a clean sheet for them uh, might be very important because ultimately, if you really want to have the chances of, of pulling the team out of the relegation zone, you need to stop the hemorrhage of, of goals. And, and that's what the, you know, uh, the new manager did. Luis Garcia was aiming to, to try to become fortified at the back. And he did accomplish that goal, but on the expense of not really having the, the chances to, to score. So overall issues for Espanyol. Cadiz, you know, doing their own thing, uh, picking up points here and there, 32 points, not enough. They are still, you know, in a very tricky spot because it really seems that they are over the relegation zone much more than they actually are. I'm going to, you know, put the line over Celta. I think Sevilla, Girona are already safe, but Celta, Valladolid, Cádiz, Getafe, Almería, Valencia, Espanyol. We're speaking about seven teams in a eight-point difference with eight games to go, which are 24 points. Maybe or might be the tightest rat race at the bottom in the last 10 years. 
Well, the rat race continues midweek because we have a round of fixtures coming thick and fast. Here's the fixtures. Girona open it up against Real Madrid on Tuesday. Also, Cadiz, Osasuna and the big one in the European race, Real Betis against Real Sociedad. If La Real were to win that game, they would be nine points clear of yeah. Betis and surely destined for the Champions League. On Wednesday, Getafe Almeria, massive game at the bottom. Atletico against Mallorca should be quite a fun one. Celta against Elche, again, surely a home win there. Rayo Vallecano taking on Barca as their title quest continues. Um, and then Thursday, Villarreal Espanyol, a really tricky test for Espanyol. Valencia Real Valladolid, as you mentioned, another massive game at the bottom. And then another intriguing looking match at San Mamés Athletic Club against Sevilla. Yeah. So a really exciting midweek to come. We will be back. We are running out of time. We will be back on, uh, I think it's Friday, with the recap of that. But Paco, some, some final words from you as we close off. I would say that this uh, upcoming match day might be season-defining in in three grounds, as you said. I think Betis Real Sociedad might be absolutely season-defining for both of them. As you said, Real Sociedad have the chance of delivering uh, the, the the definitive blow to to the uh, Champions League race. And as you said, the fight at the bottom, the the scrap between Getafe Almeria uh, is going to be epic, I believe. And also Valencia Valladolid, the, the, the levels of drama are going to go through the roof. So at least in those three games, the the level of uh, excitement, as I said, for the, the neutral viewer is, is going to be great. Indeed. Well, keep it with La Liga Lodan. We'll have you across all of the action. Thank you so much for your time and insight, Paco. As ever, it was a pleasure. Um, as we say, keep it La Liga Lodan and we'll be back speaking to you again very soon. Adios. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 